to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we're coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Shelter. Locked deep underground in the heart of Frankenstein's monkey farm. Yep. Because there's a pandemic on. Oh boy. Yep. Uh, in, ca- in case you're worried about us, we're still alive. We're doing fine. I will be teaching from home next quarter. Al has been home for a week now from school, and yeah. we're off for about another month here in Chicago. The Chicago public schools are shut down through the end of April, and, uh, you know, we're getting by. Al's getting some great work done. He's doing extra research into animals. He watched otters eat breakfast this morning. <laughs> yeah, it was a show. <laughs> We got to learn about the otters, and we got to see them get eaten. And uh, Get eaten? You watched the <laughs> otters get eaten? No, the <laughs> otters eating. It turned horrifying. No, the otters eating, and one of the otters put a fish on the other otter's shoulder. Oh, did they? Oh, I wasn't there for that part. <laughs> yeah, that was no, hosted just by up, the... Uh... Up on one of the little hill. Did you see that? The high part? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, one of them was up there. One of them was um below that, and then... The otter on the top just pushed a fish and it landed on the other otter's shoulder. Oh, and then he just silly. had to eat it off his shoulder. Oh, man. Uh, that was hosted by the uh, the St. Louis Aquarium. Or, right? Is that, is that right? Yeah. On Facebook. It was St. Louis. It was St. Louis. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, you know, there, and of course there are all kinds of museums and things doing virtual tours for you to take advantage of. Shudder, the streaming service, the horror movie streaming service, they're offering uh, 30 days free if you sign up for Shudder during this whole crisis. Even if you just sign up for it long enough to get caught up on all the Joe Bob Briggs marathons, plenty to do. We also thought you could use some entertainment in the form of a podcast. So, you know, as much of a bummer as things can be right now, We're watching monster movies, like we always do, and there's no reason in the world why we shouldn't also be recording about it. Yeah. And we just happened to watch two monster movies, or should I say... Monster movies. I'm glad you picked up on that. So, yeah, we watched two movies starring the monsters. Uh Uh-huh. Also, quick note... You may end up hearing some construction noises going on outside our apartment. You might wonder what the heck any construction noise outside our apartment would be. For some reason, people are working on the side of our building during a shelter-in-place order. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to go out and talk to them, you know? So we'll, we'll just let them do whatever they're doing, scraping away on bricks, moving ladders around. If you hear it, sorry. If you don't. Then I've just rambled on for no reason. But yes, we watched 
two movies about the monsters. Yes. Now, Alistair, I told you that I was going to pull up some participation on this one from the Critters and Creeps. If you are a member of the Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club over on Facebook, you know, you can interact with us there. And I put up a poll yesterday asking our Critters and Creeps which classic TV horror family is their favorite. Which do they prefer, the Munsters or the Adamses? And where do you think the results came out? The Munsters. You think the Munsters won on this one? It was, in fact, 50-50. Total tie. Whoa, 50-50? Yeah, total split. Dead even tie. I thought the Adams family would win. You thought the Munsters would win. And it turned out to be a tie. Brian? host of the Terrible Terror podcast, uh, who's one of the Critters and Creeps, said Munsters was his favorite. Who doesn't love a racing Frankenstein, he <laughs> asked. And I told him he's in luck, because what movie are we talking about today? Monster Go Home. Yeah. Where he races. Where he races, which this really sweet Funko Pop we have of Herman Munster is from. He's wearing his racing outfit. Highly recommend yes. this one. Uh, and also Mandy on the Critters and Creeps Club said that it wasn't fair that I asked in the Critters and Creeps to choose. She says, I love both. It's like picking a favorite kid. Hmm. Personally, where do you fall on this? Do you, are, you a, are you a monster man? Are you an Adam's boy? I don't know. I, I, I couldn't think. I agree. I agree with her. I don't know which one. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... I kind of, I go back and forth. I would say I am more of an Adams Family guy, but I watched a lot more monsters growing up. I liked the monsterness of them. Yeah. You know, the fact that you have Herman Munster is a big Frankenstein monster. Grandpa is. Dracula. Yeah, he's a vampire. You got Eddie. A wolf man. And you, and you got Lily. Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, and then you've got Marilyn. A girl. <laughs> she's the she's the normal one. Marilyn's great though. I we'll talk about Marilyn. Yeah. We'll get to her. But yeah, I I love them both. And then there's also the connection between the Munsters and my favorite sitcom of all time. Huh? Which What's we the watched connection? we watched yesterday. Do you remember this? No. I showed you an episode of Car Fifty Four Where Are You? Oh, yeah. So what's the connection there? Um, in Monster Go Home, uh, um, Herman Monster, Monster just screams, Car 54, where are you? <laughs> yeah, he does, he does. So that's uh -huh. a reference to the show, but do you know why the show was referenced there? No. You remember the tall cop of the two main cops? Uh, no. The two guys in the car who were going to give the other guy a ticket? Yeah. Okay, so you remember there was the one cop who's the shorter one and then the one who's really tall and skinny. Yeah. That's the same guy who plays Herman Munster. That's Fred Gwynn. Weird. Yeah, that's the same guy. And in that episode, what was unfortunate is that uh, it didn't feature Al Lewis. Al Lewis plays Grandpa Munster is also in Car 54, Where Are You? So both of those guys are in Car 54. And of course, Fred Gwynn was the star of it. So... Hmm. The fact that Munsters has that Car 54 connection, and yes, it's weird that, uh, probably weird that my favorite yeah. sitcom is Car 54 because it was a two-season sitcom from the 60s. 
I'm an old man. What can I say? Huh? <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, that's, that's why he said that. Yeah. We'll watch another episode after mm-hmm. we record just so you can see. Yeah. It's totally Herman Munster who's the star of the show. When he screams, Car 54, where are you? Like, that whole part of the movie is my favorite. One of my favorites, since I have two favorites. Well, the whole movie, I like it. But... It's a really good movie. Yeah. It is. Well, this is also, like, let's set this up a little bit, though. Munster Go Home, which is the first one we're talking about here, and we'll talk a little bit about the second one, but we'll try to focus on Munster Go Home. Munster Go Home is from 1966, and it was the legit Munsters movie, like a theatrical Munsters movie. So they were a TV show, and this was the movie version of it, right? Hmm. So the big screen Technicolor Munsters film, and the plot centers around what? Herman Munster... <laughs> Is being tricked into being Lord Munster? Well, kind of. Uh, He does become Lord Munster, Lord of the Munsters, a wealthy British family who apparently raised him after he was abandoned by Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. And so he becomes Lord Munster, inherits the fortune because the previous Lord Munster hated his family. His wife and his two kids who are both horrible. They're all horrible. And so he let the Munsters inherit the entire estate. And uh, yeah, so they go to England for this. But then what happens once they're there in England? Of course, um, there's stuff on this boat. They take a, a cruise ship, oh, like yeah, a sea liner over yeah. there. Can we but, talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. What happens yeah. on the, the so, ship? So they have to get on the ship and... When they walk in, I love the, when you see Frankenstein turn his back. Herman? In a, Herman. Uh-huh. Turn his back. And then there's just a little sparkly sh- sign on his back saying, Lord Monster. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to keep a lo- he says he's trying to keep a low profile, you know, in his, in that wonderful Fred Gwynn delivery. I mean, he's so great. Alistair, he's even in Pet Cemetery. Like, wow. Yeah, he's, he's really great. Um... His comic timing is phenomenal, and his, you know, I'm trying to keep a low profile, and he turns and his his jacket is bedazzled with, like, <laughs> Lord Munster on the back. And all of them have just sunglasses on them? Yep, they're, they're rich now, you know? Uh, but then, so we'd, we'd mentioned Marilyn. Marilyn is, to my mind, the key to making the Munsters work. Okay, because like the Adams family work and and forgive me here for going off on a tangent, Al, but like to my mind, the Adams family work because they're so weird and they love them. They love each other and they love their family so much, but they're just so weird and they love the weirdness. They love the macabre, you know? Yeah. The gag with the monsters is just that they are a normal family, but they happen to be monsters. Yeah. Except for Marilyn, who's Herman's... Uh, niece and she's a totally normal very pretty girl totally normal it checks a bunch of gr- boys and then she says to meet my family and and they're all like uh, uh gotta go i gotta go with my family <laughs> runs away yeah exactly like every time she brings boys home they run away because they're scared of the monsters but yeah. the gag is that the monsters themselves herman and grandpa and lily and Eddie, they think that Marilyn, who's a very pretty girl, is ugly because she's not a monster. 
and that the reason all of the guys run away is because she's so ugly or whatever. <laughs> it's like a really funny bit. But this poor girl has this complex about boys, you know, because they're always running away from her. But it's always their fault. It's a great gag. And the whole movie's, like, core relationship with her is predicated on that. Yeah. You know, that, like, he doesn't meet her family, but he keeps yeah. seeing them. Uh-huh. Well, she does get, like, an actual boyfriend that doesn't care that they're monsters in the ne- in the Monsters' Revenge. That's true. That's true. That's the other movie we watched, uh, which I guess we can talk about how we came to watch these this week. Uh, on, oh boy, it's the 31st, on March 31st of 2020, Scream Factory is putting out a Blu-ray of Monster Go Home. A gorgeous Blu-ray. And it doesn't have a ton of special features, but one of the special features it has is an HD transfer of the 1981 made-for-TV movie, The Monster's Revenge. So it's got yeah. both movies on it. It's a wonderful disc, uh, highly worth picking up. We got it early because I'm actually reviewing it for the site that I write for Film Monthly, and I'll write that up too, but this can also serve as a review of the Blu-ray as well. <laughs> yeah. So I highly recommend the Scream Factory Blu-ray of Monster Go Home. Al, what about you? I love it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right? Uh, this is... We watched this movie uh, three, four days ago, and then we watched Monster's Revenge, and it's still fresh in our yeah. minds. We've been talking we about it, walking Monsters around Revenge, singing the song. I think yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Over we the course of a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a bit longish feeling because it's a TV movie from 81, a little bit slow. We'll get to that. But yeah, so in Monster Go Home, sorry, we're all over the map. We're underground. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're hiding from the world. We're going crazy yeah so we went outside and i fought imaginary crabs that is true al was ridding the world of imaginary crabs <laughs> crab monsters uh speaking of which oh no that's the next one <laughs> obviously the woman who plays marilyn in monsters revenge was in the giant crab movie island claws which is really good. That's a yeah. ton of fun. I've seen it and I don't remember it. <laughs> well, you actually had a terrible fever when we first watched it. Yeah. And I think I showed it to you again later, but I don't know. Monster Go Home. Back to the topic at hand. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want to say about Monster Go Home? What else do you want to talk about? Because there's intrigue, right? The actual Monster family who want him gone. They're like, they've got this secret... Yeah, know, can we talk about the, layer. like, ship a little more? Sure, what do you want to talk yeah. about, man? So they, like, they rent the room, and then... Yeah, um, it's a cruise liner, mm-hmm. so they have their rooms. <laughs> the little boy, of course, is like, look, Dad, I found a great place to sleep. Opens, a, like, a... A dresser. Drawer. Yeah, like a dresser drawer. Uh-huh. It's like, yes, that's a great place to sleep. And then just sleeps there. <laughs> that is That is really good. Um... So, you know Phantom Dark Dave? Yeah. He actually did an interview with Butch Patrick, uh, like, who plays Eddie Munster on the uh, Dave's Pop Culture podcast before he wrapped Mm. up that show. Now you can actually find Phantom Dark Dave over on the podcast From Another World, which is part of Terrible Terror podcast. So, shout out to that again. Go follow Terrible Terror. But, yeah, so he did an interview with Butch Patrick, who plays Eddie Munster. It was a really good show. 
which I, I recommend you go back and listen to, listeners. You know, we're all locked away for who knows how long here until, <laughs> you know, the uh, pandemic dies down. So plenty of podcast listening to do there. What does Grandpa do on the ship? That, is, oh. that deserves to be talked about. Okay. Because it actually comes back into play later. Yeah. So, since um, eventually Herman just gets seasick, like instantly. almost immediately, <laughs> yeah. just instantly. The boat starts moving and he's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then a little bit later, Herman, you've been in bed for six days. Yeah. And then Grandpa says, you should take a headache pill. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, well, because, yeah, one of the yeah. running gags is that Grandpa's magic potions are always wrong they always do something weird so this one instead of being a headache pill herman was like no 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 only if you take one he was like okay he took one and then look i'm fine and then lily pointed out look at your hand has hair on it (laughs) it sure did yeah what kind of pill was it a wolf pill. Yeah, so Grandpa turns into a wolf, and he and then, becomes a wolf. Yeah, and then he runs out of the room that's his room next door, and then the like the guards. Yeah, the like the shipmates or whatever. Yeah, they people find who work the wolf, the and then they just put it in a cage. Yeah, <laughs> and then Lily tries to get him back, but she can't. The guards wouldn't let him. Yeah, no, no mm-hmm. pets allowed on the boat. Got to keep them in cages yep. below. So Grandpa's out of the movie for a little bit until mm. they get to England. Yeah, but then, well... well I mean, they get him out, but yeah. then they're immediately in England Lily anyway. forces, like, Herman to get him, so he just goes over there, gets him. The guards find him. They scream, drop the flashlight. They both try to get out the door at one time. They hit each other and the door. They bounce back into the room, do that a couple times, and they finally run out. Yeah. And then there's, like, a guy that, um, like a janitor, I think? Uh, Sure, sure. That sounds right. Yeah, and then one of them just runs out, just shakes the janitor, like, pushes him, and runs. Well, leaps down into, like, some kind of chute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just pushes him, and then, like, jumps into, like, a pipe or something. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. It's It's really funny stuff. And then... This movie had the whole cadaver fam cracking up. We were laughing the whole time. Like, the, the timing in it is absolutely perfect. Monster Go Home is really good. I mean, I, I like the show a lot, too. But, man, the movie, this movie is so good because, you know, we get then lots of great monstery kookiness. You know, they go to this town where they're, they have their, uh, their estate. Yeah. You know, but the town hates the monsters anyway uh-huh. because, like, the current monster family, they have some weird yeah. shenanigans going on. Mm-hmm. There's, they've got, like, dark secrets. I don't want to spoil much of that. Mm-hmm. But when they when they get off the boat, I forgot, Lily just puts the wolf around her neck like a scarf. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a... Well, the people used to do that, Al. Um, people used to wear fur and stuff. And but so not they would actual take, alive No, they wolves. would. Well, not alive, no. But <laughs> they would take, like dead foxes and like hang them around their necks yeah. or whatever like stuff that you don't do anymore it's not cool at all uh but they used to do that but yeah he's a live wolf hanging over her neck <laughs> yeah and then one good. of the 
one of the characters, just the wolf bites at him, and he's like, that woman's scarf just bit at me. Since he's, like, drunk. Yeah, he's drunk the whole time. <laughs> well, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Because I want to get through, obviously, they have run-ins with the family who are yeah. living in the estate who want to be, you know, like, the son wants to be Lord Monster. Yeah. And then... There's, he's like a crybaby. Yeah, he's a crybaby, but he's also like a murderer. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> insane, you know. Yeah. And then there's I, there, I don't remember exactly how this comes about, but basically the movie culminates in what? What is the climax of the movie? Roman is in a race. Yeah, it's a car race to prove the worth of the monsters or something like that. It's really yeah. convoluted. It's all really silly. Basically, everything in the movie is just an excuse to get the monsters into wacky scenarios. Yeah. But, but there's a car race, and Herman needs a car, so what do they do? Well, he got one of the... He got the car from the, like... The, like the former the, Lord Monster's yeah. car. Uh-huh. And then tried to drive it, but crashed into a pool. I think he hit a tree or something. Maybe not a pool, but <laughs> there's definitely No, when a... they came over there, he was just in a pool. I don't remember that, but I'll take your word for it. I swear he just crashed into a wall or a tree, but maybe He it might was have a pool. crashed into the wall and then fell in a pool. Oh, maybe he fell into... It was well, like there a was the part where pond. he was... His, like, butt was on fire, so he went and jumped into, mm -hmm. like, a fountain or something. Maybe you're mixing those two parts up. No, that's later. Because that's when they make the car. Mm, you're right. You're right. Anyway. They make the... They make the car. The, so. the Dragula. Yeah, the Dragula. <laughs> it is, without a doubt, one of the top, I don't know, two best cars in the history of cinema. The Dragula. Yeah. So, yes, Dragula. And listeners, if you're familiar with Rob Zombie, of course, he had the song Dragula. And he drove around in like a... Dragula car in the yeah. music video. But in Monster Go Home, they make this it? is where it comes uh -huh. from. And what is it made out of? It's made out of met like gold metal. No, well, it's gold, but it's a coffin. It's made no, out right. of a coffin with wheels. So it's Herman Munster, Fred Gwynn, who's wearing those platform boots, who's like nine feet tall, as this Frankenstein monster wearing a leather suit Driving in a race, yeah, in a and then coffin he gets, mobile. Yes, as you said, he gets his butt on fire because there's like a lightning, and then he turns around and says, "I'll be the, I'll be the hottest racer in like the race or something like that." Mm -hmm. And then he gets his butt on fire, and then jumps in a flower pot that's just full of water, and then he's like, "Ha, smoke everywhere." <laughs> It sure was. <laughs> oh, man. But this car race is really one of yeah. the big attractions of the movie. Maybe, I mean, it's totally worth watching the whole movie for just to get to this race. But everything before it is great, too. Yeah. But the Dragula is so good. Should that we go car to the race? Yeah, I mean, Though we have there. to explain one character. Who? Oh, the... Yeah. Like the, the griffin? Uh, no. The boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah, well... Marilyn's boyfriend? Yeah, she just gets a boyfriend. That's it. Okay, um, explained. <laughs> and then she knows that they hate the monsters, and then, like, she gets mad with him? 
Oh, and then the crybaby dude that is going to be Lord Munster locks Grandpa and Lily up before... That that guy's played by Terry Thomas, who's actually Mm -hmm. in The Abominable Dr. Fibes with Vincent Price. Mm. But the kid and Marilyn get to the race. Um, Well, they're locked up. Grandpa and Lily. There's the griffin that's going to, like, get the boyfriend. Yeah, some mysterious bad guy who wants to help the the British monsters take Mm -hmm. the title of Lord Munster away from Herman. And this mysterious griffin takes over Marilyn's boyfriend's car. Yeah, 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 so that she can try to kill Herman. steal, and then in the race, they just try to get her. But then his plan is... They're going to switch with the griffin, but make it look so like him that um, yeah, the they'll try to get suit and everything. Uh, Herman, like, off the race and, like, hurt. And then um, if they don't see anybody else but suspicious do it, then they'll blame it on Marilyn's girlfriend. Marilyn's I mean, boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the, They're trying to frame uh, her boyfriend. Um, oh my gosh, you know who we forgot to mention? Who? Uh, we forgot to mention that John Carradine is in this movie. Who? That's right. kind of a big deal, but I didn't realize it was him at first because he's got this crazy red wig on. He looks like John Carradine, oh, sounds man. like John Carradine, but he's got a crazy big red wig on and he plays the British Munster's butler and he's hysterical. He's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. His name is Crookshanks. It is Crookshanks. Good, good job, man. Good memory. Uh huh. I forgot that. But of course, John Carradine was one of the Draculas yeah. in the old Universal movies. And Crookshanks is also a cat from Harry Potter. Oh, that would explain why you remember that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, when I heard heard his name, I made the connection, so I yeah. just remember that name. <laughs> Absolutely, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So, during the race, is there anything you want to talk about? Or should we wrap this the up and talk race. about? I don't. We can't talk about every little thing. We're going to be here for ages. Oh my gosh! I told. Yeah, that's the thing. Every little bit in this movie is worth talking about because everything's so funny. Yeah, they're like get you just need to check it out. The, yeah, Grandpa and Lily get out. They ride horses. Yeah, they're on horses. He has to turn into a wolf again, and then they get off the horses. Then they get like on. No, they start on a motorbike. Well. Yeah, they're on a. Mm-hmm. They, they get a motorcycle. They get horses. He turns into a wolf. <laughs> to uh, run around. All kinds of crazy stuff. And then uh, Lily can't get Herman to stop the car because he's just like, "Hi, dear," you know, and he keeps like going. Um, I don't do a Fred Gwynn impression. You'll have to forgive me. Uh, but then you know, Lily's trying to push stuff in front of the car to stop him, and like, yeah. he just won't stop. Uh-huh. So there's like a bunch of great comedy. But that race is so good. Yeah, and then the griffin tries to push him off the road, but then he comes back on the road. Yeah, oh, and I mean, like, oh, okay, there is one thing that I do want to talk about. When he gets a flat tire, because they, like, blow out his tire to make him stop. They, like, shoot a shotgun (laughs) at him or whatever. I think so. And then he's like, "Uh uh-oh, takes, like, what does he take? Something from, what does he take? He takes, like, a handkerchief or something. Just jams it in where there's the hole, tapes it, and then... Yeah, with, like, electrical tape. And then takes a little hole, puts his mouth to it, and just breathes air into the tire. he airs up the tire with his lungs. That's so good. Yeah. 
Man, there's just so much good stuff in and this movie. And then they ride into a cattle, like, boarding thing. And Herman almost oh, doesn't yeah, get there. Oh, with the ramp and everything. When oh, she yeah, pushes, like, great. a do not enter over the actual track, yeah. they have to go into the actual place with the do not enter. And it's like a cattle loading. So they yeah, have to go great. through a cattle place. And then the, like, car moves. And then Herman almost, it looks like Herman's going to have to go over the jump, but then a car just barely moves in to get him past. And that's the little joke that's pretty yeah. funny. No, it's it's so good, and it feels like classic Monsters. Yeah. Because it was actually directed by Earl Bellamy, who worked on the Monsters TV show. He directed the show. So yeah. it's legit. Like, it's legit Monsters. You know, for a while there, you and I didn't watch a lot of monsters. We watched a lot of Adams Family. I introduced you to both of them at the same time when you were younger, but you liked the Adams Family more at the time. And coming back to the monsters with this movie, I just, I don't know, clearly you and I are. Yeah, just fully remembering back on board the, monsters. the monsters after just, this. Uh huh. Yeah, you said, I was like, we gotta watch um the monsters show. And then you said, yeah, when you were, I showed you a couple, but when you were little, you liked the Adams Family. And I was like, we have to watch the Adams Family show again more. Yeah. I mean, they're both so good. Yeah. Like Mandy said, how can you choose? You know? And it's just, what are you feeling today? You know? And I think, like, that's it. If you most recently watched Adams Family, I would say you then go watch Monsters. If you most recently watched Monsters, go watch Adams Family. This movie is terrific. I can't recommend it enough. And because I have to review the Blu-ray anyway, pick up the Blu-ray because yeah. I am happy to own it. And I mean, we're going to get a lot of use out of it. We already have. So, oh, and also I didn't realize this. The commentary on the disc is with Butch Patrick and Rob Zombie. <laughs> so that makes sense. That adds up. Cause uh, and I'll have to play it for you later, Al. I never, I didn't think to play it for you. Rob Zombie has a song called Dragula. Hmm. And he's just driving in the Dragula car. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember Rob Zombie. I was playing some for you. I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. He did the song Living Dead Girl. You remember that? No. No. Oh, you'll love him. I mean, it, it's all horror movie stuff. I mean, his band is called White Zombie. You know, after the Bella Lugosi movie, he's a big fan too. Yeah. Anyway. Let's move on, and I figure what we'll do is do our beastly bests and everything at the end of the show for both movies. What do you yeah. think? Yeah? Uh-huh. Okay. Because then when we get to Scream themes, you can pick a movie. I don't care. Uh, but <laughs> let's talk about The Monster's Revenge, which was made for TV in 1981, like I said, for uh, probably ABC, which, or no, NBC, sorry. Uh, Adam's Family was ABC. Monster's Revenge was made for TV in 1981. It's weird on this Blu-ray, though, because a movie made for TV in 1981 shouldn't be watched. <laughs> I mean, not that it shouldn't be watched in HD. It just was not made to be in HD ever. Mm -hmm. It was made to be shown on 1981 televisions, which were pretty junky by today's standards. Very little yeah. clarity. So the makeup on the monsters looks terrible yeah. on today's systems because like, they had to be really exaggerated to be seen on early TVs. And Al, you've never seen what a TV from the 1980s looks like, uh, but they are they were rough. The picture was not great. 
And when you see that in HD, it's gorgeous in HD, but man, do they look weird because the, the makeup is so strange for, you know, the 1981 television. So Al, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the story of Munster's Revenge? And then we can talk about some highlights. Yeah. So basically the simple plot is they go to a wax museum and see themselves as yeah. like wax sculptures. Yeah, they do. Which are terrifying. The The grandpa and Herman wax sculptures are just horrific. They're yeah. two of the scariest things I've ever seen. They're nightmarish. But yes... Uh, so they're they're in a wax museum, and it's a weird opening, though. Like, it's a strange thing that they're just wandering around a wax museum. And, oh, here we are in the wax museum. That's weird. Yep. And then they see themselves. They just take a picture mm-hmm. with themselves, and then they leave. And then we see a little bit that the other characters don't know, that their grandpa and Herman are, like, framed because the wax... Um, figures are actually robots. Yes. And that's really the simple plot, is that the wax figures at the wax museum are robots being used by a criminal as part of some nefarious criminal scheme. The criminal in this instance is played by Sid Caesar, mm-hmm. who's hamming it up. And he's, uh, I don't it, it's such a convoluted story, yeah. his story. He's, oh man... It's not even worth getting into because it's just spoiling too much of the little bit that the movie actually has happening in it. One of the problems with the movie is that it is very repetitive. Like what Al explained is, you know, Grandpa and Herman get framed by these robots. That's the whole movie. The rest of the movie is them continually being framed by these robots, having to get out of jail, having to try to prove their innocence. And it's pretty predictable in that way. It's also because it's a made for TV movie that's made to air over the course of two hours, by my estimation, about 25 minutes too long. It's a yeah. little bit on the dull they side. They add a little too much just random stuff, repetitive and stuff that sure. is just taking up space and doesn't really matter. It doesn't advance the plot, mm-hmm. you know, but that's kind of, you know, what you would get out of a made for TV movie from the era of this mm-hmm. particular sort. It's also slow. It's a bit slow. slow. It really is. I mean, it's uh, 96 minutes long, whereas the theatrical Munster Go Home is 97 minutes and doesn't feel any of its length. But, you know, the made-for-TV movie does. But if you watch a lot of made-for-TV movies, if you grew up on made-for-TV movies, it feels right for a TV movie. It's just jarring to watch after you watch the incredibly well-paced Munster Go Home. Even still, there is some good stuff in Monsters Revenge, yeah. and I'm really happy that they we put meet it on a lot of new features. monsters too. Oh yeah, there's a whole big monster family that we get. There's the Phantom of the Opera, who's yeah. voiced, uh, who's voiced, uh, who, the actor who plays Phantom of the Opera in it voices Commissioner Gordon in all of the Batman animated stuff. So like back to the Batman animated series, which I thought was just really cool. And we meet their witch aunt Elvira. Yeah. There's a weird guy who just had the fangs coming out of the side of his mouth. I don't know what he was about. But we do. We meet other monsters. Yeah. And And the Phantom of the Opera, though he he gets yelled at by 
everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of times he does become one of like the heroes. Yeah, he, he insists on singing, and his the running gag is that his singing is so terrible that he breaks glass. Yeah, and so like somebody loud, would be checking their watch, something. and like their watch face Crack. will explode. Yeah. 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 And then he does come in later as, like, the hero. Yeah, he he becomes useful. So it's not just a silly bit. It's something that comes yeah. into play. Especially, um, what's her name? Marilyn? Yeah, Marilyn. Yeah. Especially every this time, time played he by comes the woman in. from uh, Island Claws. Yeah. Recommendation, side recommendation for <laughs> Island Claws, because mm-hmm. we like that yeah. one. He, since he comes in and, like... He just starts singing happy songs, and she yells at him, What's good to sing about? Why are you singing happy songs? He was like, just trying to cheer up a sad moment. Every time there's sad, I just come in to cheer everybody up. And then, That's kind of what we're doing yeah, here, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> there's and a then, pandemic on it yeah. where you're talking about mm-hmm. monsters. And then Marilyn's... Uh, um, one time Marilyn's boyfriend of this movie, the Monster's Revenge, that actually yeah. becomes her boyfriend that doesn't yeah, she, care. She finally finds a guy who doesn't mind that her family are yeah. monsters. And earlier uh-huh. in the movie, she has a couple other guys who she has meet her family. And one of them, this is a total side note, one of them is played by the same guy who was, for those of you who are patrons and listen to Cinemuck, the guy who plays Johnny Glitter in Avenging Angel is in this movie as one of the boyfriends. So he was also in Grease and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the people who listen uh-huh. to Cinema, that, there was that connection. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, it's Johnny Glitter. But uh, anyway. So one time when he comes in with a smile on, the Phantom of the Opera guy's like just trying to get a smile. And then he comes in and he's like, look, he has a smile. He's cheered up by my singing. Yeah. So there's robots and there's crime and a lot of mistaken identity business. The pacing is a bit off. It's clearly not made by... I don't think it's made by the same guy because it just feels a bit off. Grandpa turns into a bat a couple times. Grandpa does turn into a bat. That is one of the highlights of the movie because... Grandpa as the rubber bat is <laughs> yeah. really funny. Yeah, and you can totally see the string, and it's so obvious it's a rubber bat. Yeah, and then we meet Grandpa's Igor, and Igor in this is the guy who voices Gopher in Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> so that's just a weird He's like character. He's like an exper- um, like a scientist, of course. He finds a life potion in the oh, bat. Oh, Grandpa. Yeah. yeah, and then the bad guy's like... Egyptian? Yeah, yeah. The, the and climax then, of the movie yeah, is his trying brother to... is a mummy, and then when yes. yeah, he's gonna steal the necklace that of course Yeah, well in the climax yeah. he's trying to steal all of this Egyptian stuff because it turns out and I guess spoilers, I suppose. Again, it's uh, you watch the movie for the monster's hijinks and not necessarily the plot. The big reveal, which is who cares? Um, is Sid Caesar turns out to be Egyptian and he's like heir to an Egyptian throne. And yeah, the climax is him and his robots from the wax museum trying to steal the Egyptian like necklace so he can have all the power. It's if you want us to simply explain monsters, 
we're either going to explain it too much in spoilers, or if we explain it simply, we're going to explain it too simply. Yeah, not not enough detail to make it at all an interesting episode, I think, yeah. is what you're getting at. Sure, sure. But, you know, what Munster's Revenge gets right is it follows around Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis just doing their shtick. Yeah. You know? uh, the kid in the movie is not, uh, obviously... Um, Butch Patrick this time around because Butch Patrick was grown up by a 1981. Eddie is played by, oh my gosh, what's the kid's name? Uh, Casey Martell, who you might know from Whitewater Summer, E.T., or a little movie that I love called Bloody Birthday. So there you go, listeners. (laughs) And uh, he's not in the movie a ton, but because it is mostly... Herman and Grandpa running around trying to clear their name. So yeah. I don't know that I have any, like, too much to say about Monster's Revenge. That's kind of all I have to say about it. Though they're both great movies. We had such a good time with both of mm-hmm. them. It's just that if you watch Monster's Revenge too soon after watching Monster Go Home, it feels off. Because <laughs> Monster Go Home is so tight. It's so good uh, that you know, Monster's Revenge is a TV movie and yeah. it feels like it. It feels like an hour-long story strung out into 96 minutes. Yeah. And it really does have just a lot of extra shtick going on, gumming up the works. But even still, for a TV movie, to be on Blu-ray in HD looking that good, you're not going to hear me complaining because uh-huh. TV movies are kind of my forte. Mm-hmm. Though Monster Go Home repeats a couple stuff, it repeats it in, like, a way that makes it, the repeating is funny. Well, like the wolf, right? Uh Grandpa becomes the wolf again, but it's under different circumstances later. It's called a plant and payoff, actually. And so when you have repetition, when a movie feels like it's repeating itself, if you're interested here in the storytelling aspect, right, from a screenwriting perspective, if a movie's repeating itself and it feels pointless... That means that the repetition isn't actually doing anything new. A plant and payoff is when you do something once or show something once and then later bring it back in to use it in yeah. a completely different and unexpected way. It seems like mm-hmm. the wolf bit in the beginning of Monster Go Home is just a funny yeah. bit. Is it usually like an accident that starts the plant and payoff? Um, Sometimes. I mean, it can be, but like it can also just be like showing something. You know, for example, we just watched Bill and Ted again, right? In Bill and Ted, they reference when they're in the Old West, the Waterloo uh, water slide park, right? Mm-hmm. So they reference that when they're in the Old West, they offer the cowboys tickets, <laughs> which is just a funny bit. It's just a joke. Yeah. But later on, Napoleon ends up at the water park. So like that's yeah. the payoff is like it was referenced so that later on it could be like, Oh, right. I forgot about that place that they mentioned yeah. in the Old West. And then know? also, kind of one thing in um, Munster's Revenge is that the one funny thing is that Grandpa is a scientist that has the little, like, life potion mm-hmm. that comes back in later in the movie in the climax yes. that makes it really funny since it does... It does something new and unexpected. Yeah, since he gave, Which, like, let's not spoil it. Let's not spoil that. At least leave a little bit of the ending as a surprise. 
there is some good planting and payoff in Monster's Revenge, but there is also just repetition for repetition's mm. sake in a couple places. But it's fun. It's Monsters. It's a Blu-ray with over three hours of Monsters in HD. Yeah. And I don't know about you, to to my mind, that is well worth having in our collection. Like, this is good. We're going to get a lot of use mm-hmm. out of this Blu-ray, for sure. But all right, let's move into our segments. Alistair, beastly best, coolest monster moment in either movie. Hmm. you got to pick one moment from those okay. two movies. I'm doing Monster Go Home. Okay. Part Which of the one? race. This is my favorite part when um, Lily puts a giant cart of hay in there. Oh, and then yeah. he just runs right through it. That's epic. <laughs> yeah. I think the coolest moment, and again, it's the race. <laughs> it's another, it's the race. It's the reveal of Herman in his racing suit in Dragula. Like, when you first see him in Dragula, it's like, holy cow. Yeah. So just that reveal, that's my beastly best. Yeah. All right. Get spooked. Are there any spooky moments in either of these two movies? Hmm. For me, I don't think so. For me, I do think so. (laughs) The first time we see the Grandpa and Herman robots moving. They're not just wax statues. They're robots, and they start walking around. I was like, nah, I'm not okay with that. Those things are upsetting looking. Uh I don't like them. And for people that first know the monsters... The skeleton part kind of scared me a little. Oh, in Monster Go Yeah. Home. Oh, yeah, there's some great kooky skeleton stuff. Kind of like great House on Haunted Hill kind yeah. of bits. Yeah. I like that. That would probably scare people that haven't watched it for like yeah, sure. almost their whole or life like little, like little kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not people who've been watching horror movies for almost their whole life. Yeah, exactly. We are we're not the kind of people to be spooked by that. We were laughing at that. Yeah. Speaking of laughing... Funny Bones time. Never has there been an episode better suited to the Funny Bones segment. Yeah. <laughs> but choosing the funniest moment in these two movies, that's going to be difficult. Do you have a knee-jerk reaction? Yep. Okay, I what, got one. what's yours? Mine is when Herman crosses the finish line, but then runs right into the side of the race. Oh, yeah, <laughs> And then yeah, yeah. hits it, and the microphone says, what a great way to end, to win the race right in the center. Mm-hmm. That that's is, good. Yeah, that's, that's funny. my funny bones. I mean, my, the moment I laughed the hardest was when Herman screams out in desperation, car 54, where are you? Oh, <laughs> I also I mean, said, that is so oh good. my gosh. Oh, when they're trying to find the secret? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they find it, and he's like, call the FBI. Grim's like, okay. And he's like, phone Batman. <laughs> okay, I will. Car 54, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's go, Herman. <laughs> that's that's my favorite part. I mean, again, yeah. Car 54 is my favorite sitcom. Yeah. Every episode is just precision comedy all, writing yeah all three of those lines are pretty funny call the fbi oh, yeah. phone, batman. phone batman just the, the phrasing <laughs> phone of phone. Bat. phone batman phone bat. well <sighs> this brings us then to scream themes now you've got two movies to choose from 
I already but, got one for okay, one of so them. Okay, so what would you say is the message, one of the clear messages so of for, one of these movies? For um, Monster's Revenge, okay. I would say the lesson is don't try to frame another person or they, or they might get blamed and you will be innocent. You won't be innocent. And they will get in trouble for what you did that was wrong. So what you're saying is that the movie is kind of a lesson in empathy. Yeah. Understanding what happens when you mm-hmm. you commit a crime, you yeah. do something bad and let somebody else take the rap. That it actually affects their lives and they can lose their lives yeah. over it too if mm-hmm. they go to jail. Absolutely. No, as a... As a Object lesson and what happens when you let somebody else take the blame for your wrongdoings. The movie's very, very strong in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and if there's the, like, if it's, like, a bad, bad thing, like, trying to hurt someone, the witness um, will definitely say, that's him, because it looks totally like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... I guess that's it for Munster Go Home yep. and Munster's Revenge, huh? A little too little, but we didn't want to... <laughs> you no, know, you're right. I mean, we've got this episode going. We've been going the greater part of an hour here. But, yeah, I mean, we don't want to get too deep into it. Because it hasn't came out when we recorded this. Well, I mean, the movies have been out for decades, but the Blu-ray doesn't come out until... Next Next week. Tuesday. Yeah, we're recording <laughs> yeah. it on Tuesday... This will come out more like Saturday, and then the following Tuesday, the Blu-ray will come out, which you should pick up. But they've both been available in other formats. They've both been on DVD and stuff. But this Blu-ray is fantastic. So, Alistair, where can our listeners find us online? Patreon.com slash wordsalad. Yep, that'll support the show, get you access to exclusive content. Um, You know, we've also got some freebies over there, uh, like, you know episodes of Cinemuck, and so you know what i'll post in the episode description i'll post links to those free Cinemuck episodes give you a little bit something extra to listen to here over you know the shelter in place period um because i you know the that's a show that i record with my friends so patreon.com slash word salad which right now is a tough time i understand so I, we're not saying go out and do that but what you can do to help the show is share the episode out there are other people out there who hopefully will find some joy in listening to a couple of goons underground talking about monster movies and then uh you can of course rate and review us on apple podcasts or uh, stitcher wherever you listen to us if that is an option and then our listeners can find us on instagram at cadavercast twitter Cadaver underscore cast. And what about Facebook? We've already mentioned it, but let's yep. mention it again. The Cadaver Cast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club. And then you can, of course, email us at cadavercast at gmail.com. That's it, I think. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Al, why don't you sign us out? You've been listening to another episode of Cadaver Cast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We love you. Stay safe out there, everybody. Wash your hands and don't get attacked by zombies. <laughs>
Car 54, where are you? 